Toby, 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 Toby. Welcome back, everybody, to the Bruce and Belter podcast. <laughs> this is season three, episode 15. Um, just had to do a little seductive intro for Tobes. He's had a rough day with his Tottenham Hotspurs, but uh, welcome back, everybody. It is the Bruce and Belters podcast. Talk all things soccer while sipping on some local brews. Um, I am Keegan Gowitz tonight. I'm drinking a um, World Beer Tour series from Carbon Four Brewing out of Madison, Wisconsin. It's their Oktoberfest, um, the last stop on their quote unquote World Beer Tour series that they did. Uh, ended in Germany, 5.8%. Very good. I've enjoyed it. One of my favorite Oktoberfests I've had this year, I'd say. But, uh, Tobes, let's get to you. Uh, How are you and what are you sipping? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, everyone who is listening uh, is probably questioning every week. I feel like you get a better, your favorite uh, Oktoberfest. I feel like yeah. this has become a, a tradition. I just I'm forget like, what I've had last week. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, this one's my favorite for sure. I like it. So I have a nine percenter, almost breaking the, the podcast rule. Can't ever go over nine percent on the ABV. Uh, directly at nine percent. And it's a dogfish head 90 minute imperial ipa all right so, so you got away from the Oktoberfest this week huh? i did yeah Interesting. Uh, they the place i was only had two and i've had them both so i didn't want to so yeah have you have you ever had the 90 minute or the 60 or the 61 i've had the 90 i haven't had the 60 or the 61 so the 60s the dogfish had standard ipa this 90s they're imperial so it's a little bit stronger but yeah, it's super good. Uh, I mean, anything Dogfish Head makes, uh, it's yeah. always awesome. Yeah, they're a great brewery out of Delaware. I think they just sold, though. Uh, they're now owned by uh, Sam Adams, actually, I want to say. Ah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll no longer feature them ever again. No, that's... No that's local brew. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing, so... Yeah, tonight we're just going to recap. Basically, um, no Champions League. We covered all of that last week um one thing i realized we neglected we've kind of been neglecting europa league a little bit we talked a lot of champions league last week and we didn't give any preview for the thursday europa matches so we will have to be better about getting back to um giving europa league a little bit of shine here is is that why arsenal did not play today against city i I actually don't know why that was postponed i have no idea with that I i thought it was because arsenal had to have a makeup game in the europa league and so they're actually playing tomorrow. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, so they uh, may have. We'll have to uh, we'll have to get back to everybody on that, or just Google it really quick. So Arsenal plays PSV tomorrow. Yeah, that's correct. I don't know why. I wonder why. Maybe that's at home, and that was canceled for when the Queen died. I don't know. I'm tired of talking about the Queen, so let's just move forward anyway. Oh, uh, before we do move forward, um, what do we have to do as a podcast to get our badass logo on Barcelona's jersey? What What do we have to do with Spotify, like to get on there? Like what? Get more it, than twelve streams a week, I would assume. Okay, so I was gonna go as far as to say we should partner with Weezer and I go that route. I wouldn't be against that. They have been blowing me up for a collab. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So yeah, let's do it. Um, but no, yeah, pretty much just going through Premier League, um, Serie A, I've got some notes on, and then I think, Toby, you wanted to, wanted to discuss um, some injuries that we're seeing going into uh, the World Cup. So Yeah, we're, we're like, what, a month away from the World Cup? Less than that? Yeah, just about a month. I believe it kicks off November 20th, so we're a month and one day. Yeah. Okay. Which is nuts. Yeah, no, definitely. So. Um, but yeah, starting out with uh, with the Premier League match of the weekend um, for match day 11. We obviously are in the middle of some midweek matches here uh, just with the craziness of the season scheduling. But um, this weekend's matches, Liverpool 1-0 win over City. Huge, huge. How, 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 do you, yeah, how do you feel about that? I mean, you guys shellacked in the Champions League um took it took out that opponent and then you come right into city and uh felt, i mean feeling pretty good right with most on everyone felt really good um a couple holland chances that made me pretty nervous and obviously the goal that got called back 
I did think, I mean, obviously, even if I'm, even if it's implicit, I'm going to be a little bit biased here, but I did think there was a, a pretty significant it, shirt tug there. It was. Yeah. Um, if, if that would have been Harry Kane, there would have been a yellow card as well given. Um, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. So, um, but no, I thought we were in control of the match really for the most part. I didn't think, um, I mean, city had a few, you know, forward moves that looked good, but I thought we were really attacking. I thought we created some really good chances. I thought Joao Cancelo looked um, not like his normal self. Obviously, he made the mistake in the back that set Mo free for the goal, but I just didn't think in general throughout the entire match he really looked as dangerous as he normally does going forward. Um, I thought he got caught out a couple times defensively. I thought James Milner was phenomenal at right back. I thought he was going to be a liability. Um, Joe Gomez was really good at center back. And then I thought we could add a couple more goals. Honestly, Salah had a breakaway where you could have easily slotted Joda in um, for it, literally an open net. Ederson ended up making a save on the Salah shot. And then uh, Nunez missed Mo on an open opportunity as well. So the goal eventually came phenomenal from Ali Song immediately picking his head up when he received the ball. And we've seen him do this before against Manchester United, I think two years ago. Um, and just picks his head up as soon as he receives it. He knows he's got some space to potentially, you know, see if anyone's making a run. And as soon as he picks his head up, Mo's already making the run. So just good chemistry and awareness there between those two. So Anfield was booming that yeah. there was, there was times they like lowered the audio of the commentators and just allowed the Anfield crowd. And it was, it was electric, especially when, I mean, I've been dogging on Liverpool. They haven't looked, they have looked like dog shit at times. Yeah, it's been, it's been rough. Yeah, I, th I thought it could have potentially been. Going into the, the weekend, I thought we could potentially be getting routed 4 now. Yeah. Uh, two things that you have not said, I don't think since the entire start of season three, uh, Joe Gomez did some stuff. I uh, yeah. don't know really what he did, but he didn't do things that he'd done previously, which is screw up every time. Oh. So he looked pretty good. Uh, I also thought the right side of the defense, uh, I was not expecting Milner to even play, and there he was. And he, you didn't even notice him. I mean, you, you noticed him a little bit, but he wasn't popping off the screen screwing up shit. So, Yeah, made a couple good deflections as well and, and a couple plays here and there. So, uh, Someone that looked really good. Call was uh, went against him for the goal, but uh, Phil Foden, man, like having yeah. Erling Haaland run up in front of him, like he's really come into his own on that left side, right, uh, playing with him alongside him, and uh, I think he's really opened up and uh, been a. I I don't know if Pep necessarily thought he was going to benefit as much as he has with Erling Haaland, and then uh, KDB being able to not just focus on him or. You know, it used to be uh, Gabriel Jesus, but now it's uh, early Halan. And so, yeah, I think Phil Foden's uh, doing pretty good right now. Yeah, yeah. Obviously super talented and has been for him for a while. But it does seem like they have a nice little partnership when they both scored. Uh, I think it was two matches ago in the Premier League. Um, they both scored three goals apiece. And they were like, you know, like Holland went and got him uh, a hat-trick ball because they handed Holland the hat-trick ball. Um, like little shit like that, I think sometimes goes overlooked with how much just that, that teammate relationship, like if you've got two young superstars who butt heads rather than mesh that can really throw things off. So I think for them, that's important that they get along like that and they, you know, feed into each other playing style wise, as well as off the pitch. Oh yeah. Um, no, I, I think so. Uh, early in Halan, I'm pretty sure is quite the. I, I, from what everyone tells me is that they all like him, you know, even back when he's playing at Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, so I know he definitely tags Phil Foden whenever he's on Instagram or <laughs> Snapchat. So that's, that's what, that's what the boys do. You know, they tag each other. So that's, what's really important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then just sticking with Liverpool, they won one nil today against West Ham. And I thought they were really good. Again, it seemed like they carried a little bit of that identity from the city match, which again is something that I think has been lacking a little bit this season is like that edge and that ability to grind out a win and winning one nil against a team like West Ham that can be really scrappy. I thought was a really good performance. Um, ended up with, I think 56% of possession had several chances. I thought Darwin, I think this is really the only match of the season um 
besides the community shield, which is basically a preseason match that I've, I've been actually impressed with Darwin. I thought he looked sharp. I haven't really thought he's looked that sharp this season. I, I haven't thought his first touch has been great. I haven't thought that his holdup play has been that great. Um, but he got a goal, could have potentially had one or two more and, and just looked comfortable and confident out there and looked like he was slowing the game down a little bit. Whereas the rest of the season, it hasn't really felt like he's done that. So was really happy to see that. I thought Tiago and Simikas both looked really good. Um, Virgil looked calm in the back. Joe Gomez did make a mistake. We didn't go very long uh, before going back to criticizing Joe Gomez, but um, <laughs> he made a mistake, gave up a penalty, and uh, Alisson actually made a save on the Bowen penalty, which was huge. Would have ended 1-1 if not for the save. So um, Alexander-Arnold was at right back and uh, didn't give up any huge mistakes, but just one thing I've noticed, I mean, it's – it's sometimes he just doesn't get back or, or he'll get caught in or, or something like that. But one thing I really realized today that stood out to me is he's just a guy who once he plants his feet, it looks like his feet weigh a thousand pounds. Like he, once his feet are planted, he's not switching directions for another second and a half. Like he, he's not shifty. Um, and it's kind of insane to, to think of just a professional athlete that is just so slow to switch directions like that. That would be like one of the biggest negatives going out of like a drafting com combine. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, you have lead feet. Like no one wants that uh, comment. Especially as a right back where you're pivoting yeah. like that constantly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just something that I guess has never really been glaring to me, even despite, you know, his defensive lapses at times. And today it was just something that I was just fixated on for a lot of the match. But um, he did play some good balls forward, as he always does. And, um, they ended up with three points. So Yeah, so they moved up to uh, seventh place in the Prem, uh, right underneath uh, still in first Arsenal, then City, Tottenham, Chelsea, United, Newcastle, then your Liverpool. Uh, you know they weren't going to stay in 13th forever. It, it was just right. a matter of time. So. Yeah, um, I was a little scared there for a minute, but um, yeah, Brentford beat Brighton as well. That's another match um, uh, from over the weekend. Uh, Ivan Tony double had a little tap in and a penalty kick, and that's I mean, I, I, obviously huge for for Liverpool on points as well. Yeah, I love Ivan Tony. Like, yeah, I think everyone does. You gotta yeah. love him. He looked good today too. Like, he just yeah. reads the game, and yeah, he's fun. And uh, Brentford just isn't very good they looked pretty decent at times last year but yeah i i don't know i don't think they're that good i think they're actually playing higher than what they should be at nine right now i think they'll probably finish in the f 10 to 15 range yeah yeah um yeah it, it feels like they're missing a player like christian erickson you know they they're they're missing that's a huge hole in their midfield that they had last year just off of a you know a gutsy signing that paid off for them so i would love to see mm -hmm. them uh, you know i would have loved to have seen Jesse Lingard go there rather than Nottingham or, you know, a player like that who can, who can potentially create some stuff for him. Jesse Lingard's probably thinking the same thing. He's like, damn, why did I go? Why did I go there instead of going with 17 other new dudes? He's like, fuck man. My Instagram posts would be, uh, would be much better with Ivan Tony yeah. than, uh, <laughs> right. Than all these no names from Newcastle or from Nottingham. Uh, Nottingham though, man, they got that, that draw, you know, that's pretty big for them against Brighton. Uh, yeah, that is up into what second, second to last. Yeah, I believe they're second to last currently. That is that is the best way of saying you're in dead last, yeah. pretty much. Oh, second to last. They're, so. they're a point above City, right? Uh, Leicester City right now with six points. Leicester City have nine. Uh, they are a they do have a match in hand though over uh, Leicester City. Okay, that's that's positive. <laughs> Who are playing Leeds tomorrow at two fifteen? So uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I fully expect Leeds to take care of them. Did I do too? Did you see the Leeds Arsenal game over the weekend and how they had to start different? What was up with that? Do you yeah. Know? So I, from my understanding, it was um, the referees' audio equipment. So like their headset, they couldn't get it. There there was some issue with that, so they had to figure that out. And we just happened to look up, look up. We were at the Red Lion, and we we're watching um, the other early matches. And we just happened to look up, and it's like eight minutes into the match, and they had started. And then 
you know, some people started saying they had looked it up or whatever, and it was the referee's audio equipment. And then next thing we know, it's been like they, they cut to commercials and stuff while they're figuring it out. And then it's like 45 minutes later and they just start the match over from from the first minute. Yeah. Um, whereas before they were just letting the clock run and they were just going to add stoppage time on. Mm-hmm. So it uh, got delayed uh, pretty massively there. Did you like Arsenal the way they came out? Yeah. I mean, Leeds look pretty good in my opinion, though. Leeds, like, Leeds did look good. I think Leeds are pretty good. Leeds, um, yeah. Leeds played enough that Jesse Marsh's team would have got to share some of the snacks from the Arsenal parents that brought food, <laughs> brought, brought food for them. Like it was like a congratulatory, like good job. So, yeah. Like we know we're the better team here, but uh, you boys played hard. So, yeah, here you go. Here you go, here you go baby Aronson. <laughs> Yeah, I thought Leeds looked good. I just think Arsenal's just um, – I think they're in that top tier. Of, Their class. Of the prem this year. Like, yeah, yeah it's really a different, a different the, level. The, their city signings, Jesus and uh, uh, the Swedish. Yeah, yeah. both of those dudes, great signings for them this year. They're they're flying high right now. Yeah. Yeah, the whole team just front to back is is really good. Um, I think Ben White's been solid. I think Saliba is, is great. Tomiyasu. I mean, the fact that you can bring in Kieran Tierney off the bench, who a couple just a couple years ago when Arsenal was really struggling, he was the bright spot for them. Um, and now that's a guy that you're bringing off the bench at left back for most matches. Mm-hmm. I think that says a ton about how Arteta's built up the team. So. Um, kind of pains you to say Arsenal's doing well, but they look really, really good, and they're extremely fun to watch. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. There's a couple teams that I wish were not doing well, and they're both doing really well right now. And Arsenal's one of them. Then uh, Manchester United's the other one. They, yeah, they look they looked really good today. They got lucky with their first goal, and I think that kind of opened up the floodgates. Yeah, uh, but there was never any time during the Tottenham game today where they, you know, they won two, two Oh against Tottenham. There was never any time that I thought they were going to lose that game to Tottenham. Like they, they looked like they maybe weren't in control at all times, but they definitely were, were equal to Tottenham. And at times uh, they actually looked head and shoulders above Tottenham. That's the weird thing about them that their midfield can be really dominant um, or they can just completely disappear. And that goes for everyone, not just, it, you know, Fred and McTominay get a say, lot of the slack. It, it but, sounds like you're describing Fred's game right now. <laughs> yeah, it, and I mean, a lot of it can be Fred and or McTominay. Um, I mean, Casemiro we've seen looked really look really good and look pretty blah, but also Bruno. I mean, Bruno looked phenomenal today. Cap- and there's Captain. been matches, yeah, I mean, there's been matches where you hardly even notice that he's out there. Yeah. So I, I, I just think that all the way through in their midfield, it's very wishy-washy still right mm-hmm. now. So I think that they're still lacking in finishing. Uh, I mean, I don't know where Anthony Martial was today, uh, but Rashford didn't look that high. He had probably the best go of the first half and a 1v1 against Hugo Lloris, and he pretty much went right at Lloris. Yeah, and he, was, he did a couple times. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and... So, I mean, outside of the box was where most of the shots were taken for United, especially in the first 45. Um, But I think that they could have, if they could have just had like a number nine in there to help them, like a a Cabello that they used to have, um, or they had someone like Cristiano Ronaldo to play a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Dude, I don't know what's up with that guy. Like, not George Ezra. Who's the dude who wears the, uh, the cross earring in his left ear? George Michael? Arturo. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought you were talking about football. <laughs> no, I'm talking about George singers. George Michael. <laughs> George Michael, yeah. I was thinking of George Ezra, but he sings that Budapest song. Yeah, uh, yeah the Budapest, that song. Yeah, uh, I should have known you were talking about singers <laughs> on a soccer podcast. Yeah, I know, right? But anyway, so, dude, he's rocking that earring while being on the sideline. Cool, whatever. But then he fucking just leaves his team. Before the end whistle, like ah. yeah, him walking down the tunnel was wild. I, I uh, would that was really really wild. I would love for Ten Hog to just be like, "Go fuck yourself. You are done to us until we're playing FA Cup. You can play <laughs> against the bottom feeders. Like, go get you some, bro." Man, that would be 
That would just be disrespectful to his legacy, though. I mean, it it, it would feel right after what happened today because yeah, that is I, wild to do. Dude, and, it, and De- Ten Hog definitely needs to deal with that. Yeah, but, I mean, um, be, be, this is coming right off what days since the whole uh, Green Mason Greenwood like issue yeah. that's coming back into the forefront. Yeah. It's like, dude, there's so much drama going on of just shit that like dude you can't do that you gotta stay there gotta like team, like what did it matter that you had to make it all about yourself and leave when you could have just sat there for whatever however many more minutes it was like yeah. so what you're not getting a playing time you're not getting a run like your team was looking good like yeah. maybe that's what it was like you think christian erickson was going off like he wanted to go on in the 87th minute or whatever it was that he went on like no he didn't yeah yeah yeah, he's a diva, man, and he's—I'm—I'm I'm sure that's a weird thing, like not to give him too much. You know, I—I don't, I don't want to provide excuses for the guy or anything. He's thirty-six-year-old professional who should handle himself better. But I—it it makes you wonder. I mean, I have never been and will never be as good at anything as he is at at playing the game of football. But okay, I just imagine. We're <laughs> I just 70. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine psychologically that has to be a really, really weird. Like this has to be a really strange time in his life to uh, go from being as dominant as he's been for over a decade at his craft to like fading out of a team who isn't playing in the Champions League, who who will be fighting for a top six finish in the Prem. I mean, it's, it's got to be a, a really, really weird place to be in mentally for that dude who probably hasn't paid a ton of attention. Nah, I'm jumping to conclusions there, but, you know, I mean, you imagine he's just been he's he's been the star boy for so long. The poster child of the entire sport globally, like you imagine he hasn't had a lot of crazy mental turmoil to deal with and maybe as i guess that's a lot of weight to carry on your shoulders but it's just it's interesting to think about yeah uh i just want to let you know not to sell yourself short you are we're 74 total episodes into this podcast you haven't even hit your stride you are you're literally ronaldo when he was at sporting getting ready to transition to manchester united that's where you're right in your podcasting career that means right a now. ton that means a ton to me toby yeah so i wouldn't i wouldn't put your head down just keep working you know <laughs> perfect the craft you know i'm gonna on. get some cross earrings actually after this and then i'm gonna i'm gonna really hit my stride let's go when you come home next i will take you to walmart and i will get you some thank you um <laughs> No, I mean, any other thoughts just from Tottenham? Tottenham's performance, obviously United looked good. And again, I mean, that wishy-washiness of the midfield and, and really the, the team as a whole in, in the, the final third. Defensively, I think they've been fairly solid this year. Uh, I think Lissandro Martinez has been really good and keeping Harry Maguire out of the lineup has really benefited them. But That is a win. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, just Tottenham-wise, what do you think? Tottenham was exactly Tottenham. They uh, looked really good at times and then didn't look really good. Like they're dribbling. They dribble into problems, but then they can dribble out of the problems or pass out of the problems. But yeah, I don't, I mean, they did exactly what I wanted them to do last week when I wanted the three midfield with Hoybier, Bentecor and uh, uh Sumo. So they did that, you know, then they got the, uh, the the Irish Ronaldinho, you know, they got a uh, Matt Doherty on the right side, just coming in, making moves and like actually looking good. Looks like he lost a few pounds too. Uh, rocking a goatee, I kind of want to do that myself. Um, and they just don't score goals. Like if it's not Son and if it's not Kane from the P from the penalty line, then it's just not like they're just not producing. You know, they're. They're vulnerable to counterattacks. They're vulnerable to high pressing because the back line can't pass as well as they should. Uh, the midfield doesn't control it as well as they should. And they haven't been scoring as many goals as I was expecting. So uh, a lot of negative, but somehow they scratched it out. And through, like what we said, the first 10 games going into Saturday beating Everton, like they they had the most the most points accrued over a 10-game period to start a season ever. Like, so it's not like they're bad, but they just, 
They don't look good against Arsenal. They don't look good against Chelsea. They don't look good against Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the thing for me. It's like, what do they want to achieve? And I'm curious what Conte's goals are because you know he has to have meetings with the the board of directors and all this shit about like what's the goal? Is it just top four? Um, as of right now, yes. League, yeah, because for for me. Tottenham is a big enough club where they should have pretty lofty goals. And it just feels like that style of play, unless you have a crazy, like literally one of the best defenses, like a, like a Maldini Nesta type defense, you can't really get away with playing that style and actually achieving anything like hardware wise. You're, you're just, gunning for top four and it just feels like they're in that cycle of like okay we're gonna beat the teams we should beat we're gonna pick up enough points to be top four but we can't knock off an arsenal we can't knock off a man city can maybe knock off a liverpool just depending on how their form's been you know chelsea's kind of in that boat too and it it just feels like it's a a weird like stagnant place like a purgatory of just we're just gonna aim for top four and that's it so I want to correct you. Yes, on Liverpool. Usually less on, yes, on Chelsea. But I mean, over the last three years, I think they've picked up more points against City than any other team. And I think yeah. they took the home yeah. man away last year. And they beat Arsenal to pretty much end them at fifth and not get in a Champions League, send them to Europa. That's why they didn't get to play City because they're cowards today because they had to play tomorrow against <laughs> PSV. Um, but this is like my Tottenham loser speak in me. I'm okay with top four. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I, I truly don't think they have the squad right now right. to to do anything more than that. And I don't know if they ever will, honestly. Uh, I don't know yeah. with the, the amount of uh, pockets as or as deep as the pockets are for them. They do some spending, but they don't like they don't spend like the big clubs. They don't right. do those huge splash signings. I don't think they can recruit those huge splash signings. You know, they're going to hopefully get lucky with a few 20 to 40 million million pound uh signings you know they're not yeah. going to go for a 60 to 100 million signing you know it just yeah. it does, it's not them it's not in their dna yeah and that's fair um i don't know it's just you know I, I i would see the allure of going there as like a big defender you've got two of the better attacking players in the premier league with son and kane the world you've some got, would argue you know richarlison who's deadly kulisevsky who's been really good I can see the allure of going there as a midfielder too, because their midfield needs work. So I don't know. I mean, uh, like what? you said, if, if other teams can shell out the money that they can, even for a player who might not play day in and day out mm-hmm. compared to somebody who's going to play 35 league matches at Tottenham. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, I guess that's just where they are as a club. But so I know, I know you're a closet Tottenham supporter. Is what are they missing? Creative midfielder, defense. Like what I, is it? I surely wouldn't go as far to say I'm a Tottenham supporter in any way, but hmm. yeah, I think I, I don't know. I mean, I think Dyer and Royale are all right back there. I I I I don't know if they're maybe consistent enough, especially with just the way they play too is so defensive. That it just puts a that's a lot to ask from them. Boring would be another way yeah, to describe yeah. that. <laughs> Boring is another way to describe it. Very Italian style from Conte. Um, but I mean, defensively, I think that they're good. I think that maybe they can improve by signing another center back, like a, a big center back signing. Again, that just depends on how much money they can put out there and if players are willing to go there. But yeah, I, I definitely think a creative midfielder would be number one on my list if I'm Conte. Somebody who can pull the strings, you know, getting a guy like Erickson back, not not specifically Erickson, but a similar type of player to what they had when Erickson was in his prime there. Yeah, that's exactly what I think we need. Cause I actually really am high on Romero uh, yeah. on the right side of the center back position. I've I haven't been high on Eric Dyer for probably six years. And this that's is the only year I have been. No, and that's and that's the only time he's been called up to since the World Cup that he's been called up to, you know, the England squad. And it was just this month. And it's because he's having a really good season. Yeah. Uh, and he is. He's solid in the backfield. But dude, like he has done some turnovers. Like yeah. against Idrak Frankfurt, that was his fault. 
yeah. today the first goal that or what led to the first goal the buildup was a incorrect he tried to chest pass it mm-hmm. and it ended up going directly to the other opponent and like i mean that you can't do that in the back you either yeah. you control it and give it or you clear it and he he just allowed it to go right to the defender or right to the uh, offensive player and yeah like yeah, you can't be caught in two minds. And that's the thing, too, with with what I mean, just with the way that they play, it feels like either they need a big center back signing who's going to be there, who's going to deliver week in and week out, or they just need somebody else who's good enough, who's who's similar to Romero and Dyer. I called Romero Royale earlier, but Romero and Dyer, I think that they've both been good, but it's just they rely on them every single match and they're so important to the way that they play where that is a lot where you're going to slip up when you're playing two matches a week all year round because of of how bad tottenham needs you yeah so i i I think whether it's a big name signing or just a good reliable center back who can who can slide in there and that is what makes it tough too because anybody who's who's good enough to play for most teams who may not be a you know a staple household name but good enough, they're not going to go. They're not going to want to go and play every third match for Tottenham. You know, they'd rather go and and be the guy somewhere and and try and take that next step. So they are in a weird place um, in general. And yeah, I mean, maybe top four is just you know what they're going for, and and you build from there. So I could be mistaken, but I don't think Tottenham has dropped points at home yet this year uh, in the Premier League. Um, if they have, it's maybe once, but I think they've won every other fixture at home. Uh, this weekend, Newcastle's coming into town. Uh, to, they are a very surprising team, in my opinion. I was not expecting them to be as far as they were. Um, Isak's been injured the last couple games, and that's a huge loss for them. I think he's their best player. Along with, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but he has the bleach hair. Bruno um, Gomares, yeah, he's been yes. he's been very good lately. The, that whole team is beginning to become my favorite team. Like they are fun to watch. They got St. Maximum. They have Joe Limpton. Uh, Miguel Almiron is yeah. slowly. I think that he picked up his fifth goal, which was a worldie of a goal today. Yeah, and I mean he's slowly creeping into my head as a forgetting a forgetful signing coming out of the MLS that might be one of the better MLS to premier league signings that i i can remember i can remember definitely and he's it, it's like him and maximum have been the guys that kind of started before they got the money they were there in the dog days um the dark dog days yeah like, dude. As, as they were kind of building this thing up and then you bring in bruno you bring in trippier um and they've looked really good yeah i, I think bruno's looked really really solid I think Almiron's been amazing. Best Bruno in the Premier League? Before today, I would say yeah. But uh, Bruno Fernandez was still got was it, special okay. today. Yeah, he yeah. was special today. Yeah. No, uh, that team, solid kits. Uh, today, Gordon from Everton got up in the face of the Tottenham Bulldog himself. And uh, lived to fight another day. Like Gordon came on strong. Everton just, I don't know. Like they're they're good. They're like that. T- they're like a team that you want to give orange slices to. Like they're they try they try hard, but like you it know, always goes gonna, back to orange. You, slices. you know you're gonna whoop them. Like even yeah. Kieran Kieran Tri- <laughs> Trippier tried to give his friend betting advice. Like we're gonna beat this team, but couldn't because <laughs> he's already been busted once. So <laughs> good call back to last season. <laughs> Great callback. Yeah, um, Everton was looking good for a couple weeks, actually. We highlighted them yeah. a couple times after they got Cody and Tarkovsky in the mix, and they were looking stable in the back. Iwobi <laughs> was playing well. Um, but, yeah, they've struggled the last couple matches. The last two matches, they've yet to register a shot. Not a shot on goal, a shot. 
Um, that that is a terrible. That's a stat. I didn't even know that. Yeah, shout out to uh, Adam Sondag, our boy, our sweet sweet toffee. Yeah, we're just uh, waiting he, for a victory to put him on, and yeah. they, they they can't win to save their life. So. <laughs> he he gave me that stat. So um, wait, you got a stat guy? I've been trying to get a stat guy. I got a stat guy. Yeah, and, yeah. I need an analytics guy, like someone that can can you know divide, multiply a little bit of everything. Yeah, I don't know how to do any of that. So. <laughs> Um, other than that, we mentioned Brentford two 0 win over Brighton today, uh, or over the over the weekend. Excuse me. Um, they drew nil nil with Chelsea today. Um, over the weekend though, Chelsea beat Villa two 0 Tyrone Mings error in the back, accidentally headed the ball backward. Uh, that Mason Mount caught on the fly and tucked in, and then he doubled his tally with a. Belter in the 65th off of a free kick, hit it hard, dipped in. Emilio Martinez couldn't do anything about it. Um, Graham Potter's been going with Keppa in goal, and he, I, he yeah. tends to like a, a, a keeper that can play with his feet, so that's why he's going with him over Edward Mendy, Edward Mendy um, which is surprising to me. Uh, I, I would love a goalkeeper who can play with his feet, but I'd rather have a goalkeeper keeper who can be a goalkeeper and Keppa has actually played really really well uh, I think he's got like 12 saves in the last two matches um so I've been really impressed with him and I I did not expect to come into this season and say in any episode of this podcast that I'm impressed with Keppa but uh here we are yeah I want to make a joke about a British man pretty much holding back a uh, dude from Senegal and achieving his goals in life. I want to be able to like make a joke about that, but I don't know. Is, is, is Senegal, are they going to the world what? cup? Uh, actually, I, I don't think, Senegal, I don't think so. That's why I couldn't um, say this. Which fucking sucks. I thought maybe, I thought maybe Graham Potter was trying to ruin the African, the African team. Try to right? ruin many. <laughs> But I don't, I don't know for You'll sure. Have to save that that's the, later. Yeah, I know. That's what I was kind of thinking. But that's the only thing I could think of is like he's just fixated on Kepa because I mean, Mendy, in my opinion, is the better goal goalie. Like yeah. if you if you stuck them next to each other and had them make the same amount of saves based on the position, I think Mendy saves more. His save percentage is probably higher. Um, I don't have any stats to back any of this. Just <laughs> just lousy jokes about about English sovereignty. So. Uh, by the way, Senegal is in, um, I forget, they're in Group A, Qatar, oh. Ecuador, and Netherlands. So, Oh, the plot uh, thickens. Yeah, don't worry. There's no one who's going to play over Mendy in goal for them, by the way. so <laughs> No, but you could get him out of form. I mean, that he's doing the same thing with fucking Christian Pulisic. Like, he's not playing him unless it's against he's Wolves. Getting, uh, he's getting a little uh, Southgate kickback for that i i think so yeah i really i truly do that's south case actually why grand potter wears turtlenecks <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy i keep forgetting what teams i mean we're just over a month away and i keep forgetting some of these teams that are in um who qualified but um some other matches from today bournemouth in fulham 2-2 uh dominic solanke um with a goal Diop Heder off the corner for Fulham. Um, and then Jefferson Lerma, little nice, nice first time finish. Um, and then Mitrovic drew it level in the 51st. So that was actually Saturday. I think I said today. Yeah. Um, no. So today they play Southampton. Yeah. And, yep. And your your dude got the goal too. The the Scottish uh Shea got the goal. Those kits are oh, yeah, amazing Adams, too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, those those Southampton jerseys were probably the best that I've seen in a while, minus maybe Bayern Munich's from today. But that's yeah, it. yeah, they were nice. They were nice. Mm-hmm. I like them. Yeah. Um, Wolves beat Forest one nil. Ruben Neves penalty banged in in the fifty fifth. Arsenal we already discussed beat Leeds. Um, other matches over the weekend: Southampton and West Ham drew one one. Uh, Declan Rice, banger in the 63rd. Um, other than that, I don't know if I'm missing any matches from the weekend or um, or from midweek here. 
I think we've covered pretty much everything. Newcastle and Everton. Yeah, I think I mean that's pretty pretty good, Keegs. I don't know if we need to tomorrow. Tomorrow, like we mentioned, Leicester City versus Leeds and then Fulham versus Aston Villa. Um, that could be an interesting match to watch just because Aston Villa's been struggling. I think Fulham could actually end up beating them 3-1. Stevie G might be on the hot seat here sooner than later. He he needs to be, honestly. Yeah, they've struggled. Yeah, and they've been spending money too. So it's like you're helping the, the guy you brought in his players. Coutinho is his guy. Big signing, yeah. Leon Bailey is his guy, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. A um, couple of Serie A notes. AC Milan beat uh, Verona 2-1. Own goal, uh, two own goals actually. First, an own goal that Rafael Leao caused to go up 1-0. And then uh, Gunter put a really nice shot on that was probably going to go in actually. Um, but ended up being knocked in by an AC Milan defender. And then ultimately, my boy Sandro Tonali scored the winner. Um, set in some crazy balls from like midfield too. I mean, people have been calling him the next Pirlo for a while. And it's like some of the passes that he makes, you really see that, um, which is crazy. 22 and just very complete midfielder. Uh, Atalanta beat Sassuolo 2-1. Adam Lookman, uh, who recently or uh, formerly played with Fulham um, and Leicester City, has been around the Prem a little bit coming up. Uh, English Good player. player. Yeah, English-born player. of yeah, uh, Also had Nigerian eligibility. Um, four goals in 10 matches for Atalanta this year. Nasty little Cruyff turn to cut inside and curled one in with his left foot. And then Sassuolo's Giorgios Kirikopoulos um, with my belter of the week. Crossing from the right side to the back post, and he just banged one in off the volley uh, with authority. It was nasty. Syria belters just hit different. Yeah, they, they, really, really, they really do. Everything about Syria just hits different. <laughs> um and then Juve beat Torino uh, 1-0 in the Derby della Mole, uh, the Turin Derby there. Vlahovic with the goal. As of right now, he and Chiro Immobile lead the league uh, along with uh, Arnautovic, actually, for Bologna. Six goals each. Chiro Immobile, Lazio have played 10 matches. Juventus and Bologna have only played nine. Um and then Kavika has five goals in 10 matches for Napoli. And then Beto from Udinese and Dybala also have five each, but Dybala has only played eight matches. So um, Napoli is looking unstoppable. Looking yeah, Napoli looked really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Roma went up to the fourth place, and they play each other this weekend. Saturday, I want to say it's 10.30 Central time. That's going to be most must-watch, honestly. Yeah. Although I don't think I can watch it live because I'll be at the Fox Pub and they only play English Premier League there. So, uh, bastards. Yeah, actually, I take that back. I've had them stream some Syria on like Fridays, but yeah, here we are. Yeah. Also, Atalanta versus Lazio could be a good match, um, and then Fiorentina versus Inter could be a pretty solid match as well. But right now, Napoli. In the lead, uh, 26 points. Atalanta in second with 24. And then Milan and Roma, very close behind them with 23 and 22 each. And then um, Lazio and Udinese both have 21. So Are pretty you tight still, there in the top six. You still uh, confident in your picks for who you thought would end up uh, with Milan and Roma? No, not not really. Um, AC Milan, I could, I could see still ending up. Up there in the top two, I think right now, I think it'll probably be them and Napoli, but still a lot of season. And just with the World Cup, I think AC Milan has more depth. So I think that second half of the season, I think that they'll um, kind of take some strides. As far as my Champions League bet of AC Milan winning, which I never was totally confident in, but I thought it was worth throwing a little bit of money on there just for the odds. I think they were like plus 1,300. Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't feel great about that just because they have not been very good in the Champions League. And, um, yeah, they, they just haven't quite had the same identity as they had last year. But they've looked better recently. Good win over Verona, so hopefully they'll turn things around. Uh, Roma needs Tammy Abraham step up with Paulo Dybala injured. I think this is going on 10 days of the injury. Uh, it was happened what last, not this Saturday, but the last Saturday, uh, around October 8th, I think. Yeah. And uh, in doing so, he's going to be rushing himself to get back for the World Cup. I think his thigh, I think it's a thigh injury, it's four to six weeks. Uh, do you think they should, you think he should rush back to be in the World Cup and possibly risk his season or? Like where where do you stand on that when it comes to the World Cup? Like I've always been all hands on deck. Like you force yourself to get into it and play, but at the same time, he does have a commitment to his club. Yeah, I mean, four to six weeks. He's got four weeks till it starts. I would say take things easy until then, and then even in the group stages, you know, don't push it. And then you've got to have that partnership i guess and trust from the argentine team as well to be like hey we're gonna bring you along um you know if you think you'll be able to make an impact later in the group stages or else in the knockouts and then uh ease your way in there but i don't know i mean there's a lot of factors that depend on that if manager as well if they feel like they have another player or two that they could bring along in his place like you know what if he ends up picking up a knock and in training or something when they get there and then they're left with, you know, just, just one player that, that they could have brought along that they didn't just because of Dybala. So I think there has to be some communication there too. And just updates on his injury and in progress. If that, if he, if Paulo Dybala was a American, that would be crippling to USA winning the world cup. But I guess the one silver lining is Argentina has like one to two guys, even with Di Maria being out, like they have one to two guys who can go in and be equal in my opinion that, you know, at the nine or 10 position that they'd be playing them at. Yeah. Yeah. I think so as well. Uh, by the way, Napoli Roma is Sunday. It got flexed Sunday and it's one forty-five central time. So it is the like prime time Italian, Italian game that, that Sunday. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That'll be a good one to watch. Um, speaking of world cup injuries, you want to get into – I don't know if you've got notes on that or what. I know you mentioned you wanted to talk about it. But some big ones, obviously, that have that have come out over the last week or so. And Golo Conte of France will be out. Um, Diogo Jota of Portugal will be out. Yeah, these and guys have been ruled out multiple months with, like, yeah. ligament tears and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah. surgery required. Who and then uh, Reese James as well. Yeah, Reese James from England, uh, already on the list, but Paul Pogba from France, and then uh, Jeannie Wijnaldum of Netherlands. Uh, it's looking more and more. These are the last couple ones that are 50-50 on if they're going to make it or not. Uh, Angel Di Maria from Argentina. It's looking like he's most likely going to be injured through the World Cup. Paula Dybala and uh, Richarlison of Tottenham in Brazil. Uh, looking like they are going to be coming back about a week before the world cup. So they'll not be in match fit shape, but they will at least be healthy. Um, and then two, uh, two Americans, two uh, Englishmen, uh, Calvin Phillips of Man City and Emil Smith Rowe of Arsenal are both uh, leg injuries and their status is up in the air, um, which is upsetting because both those guys, in my opinion, are fringe players. They are both on certain days. Those two dudes have class to be top players um but i think if you're coming with a knock and not really playing over the last couple months i don't think southgate's going to pick you so i think both those guys are not going to be making the roster as is just based on uh health status yeah the ones that stand out to me um that really suck are angel de maria because could potentially just with him getting older could potentially be his last world cup oh it, it will uh, be yeah he's he's in his 30s like yeah and then uh, even Jeannie Wijnaldum, as he's starting to age a little bit, and just historically the Dutch have produced really good midfielders, so you assume by the next World Cup window there will probably be somebody to take his place. So even if he's on the team, he probably won't be a very pivotal part of the team. And I think that if he was healthy and in form, he could be a really big part of 
what I think could be a really good team and a potential contender. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two really suck. Uh, Calvert Phillips, a pivotal role for England in the Euros, hasn't, I mean, obviously with an injury, hasn't um, appeared really at all for City this year. So, and then, you know, Emile Smith-Rowe, Reese James, sucks for those guys because they've, they've been really good. But, um, you know, they're young and they're going to have more World Cups down the road. So, other than that, I don't really have much, Tobes. We're approaching 50 minutes here. I've given out my my belter to, uh, dare I say the name again, Georgios uh, Kirikopoulos of Sassuolo. God, I'm so uh, happy that was my belter too, and I I could not even say it. So I'm so happy you could. Um, yeah, that's about all I got. I don't really have any much. I don't have much more for booze or cheers. Do you? Yeah, no, no booze or cheers this yeah. this week. We're we're lukewarm. And more I'm of really a not more, happy or sad. More of an f you to Mason Greenwood, just in case he thought yeah. maybe we forgot about him. We have not on this podcast. So. Yeah, we can boo him plenty. Um, yeah. And Thomas Partey while we're at it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely that's just on that. disappeared out of thin air. So, mm-hmm. um, I hate to end it on a negative note, though. We got some uh, good matches coming up this week. We've already alluded to that. Let's uh, quick preview of the Champions League next week. We're right back at it with um, the second to last setup of of group matches. Um, not a ton that really stand out. Barcelona and Bayern will be a huge one, obviously, as Barcelona and Inter are fighting to get through. Um, Ajax and Liverpool could potentially be a big one, but Liverpool should be through in that group. Um, other than that, none that really catch my eye. This is probably the most boring week. Um, Dynamo Zagreb and Milan will be a pretty big match as well, but other than that, nothing, uh, nothing too pressing. Barcelona Bayern will be a good game. Uh, Marseille Stuttgart that will kind of determine who gets that uh, second place if Tottenham can take care of Sporting. Um, I think Liverpool's got Ajax in the in the bank, and yeah, that's that's Wednesday, and there's a couple games that are pretty good on Tuesday as well. But uh, I think everything's pretty pretty much written written out what it's going to be. Um, so. I think it's more just the sexy stuff like Dortmund playing City again. So it's Erling Haaland's first time coming back to uh, Germany since the move. That's appealing to me. And then, you yeah. know, you have Salzburg, Chelsea. Hopefully, uh, Sal- I think Salzburg might have beat, I think they beat Chelsea last time. So I'll have to ch- check on that. But um, for them to play each other, that's going to be big because Chelsea needs those points as well in their group. Yeah, definitely. Other than that, I got nothing, Tobes. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, for as many games as there was over the last week in the Premier League, uh, I felt like we talked a lot, but I felt like there was way more that could have been done. There was like no belters. There was yeah, there weren't many belters. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the Premier League just hasn't been on brand for us. That's why we're starting to switch to the Serie A. That's where our belters are coming from. So slowly but surely, we'll completely <laughs> lean off of the Premier League, and it'll just be a Serie A podcast. Se- season four, I speak fluent Italian. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it. That's the goal for next. Duolingo. For next Thank you. Shout out. <laughs> give me, give me some free Duolingo, please. Duolingo is already free. And on that note, oh shit. Cheers. <laughs>